1: So, yeah, as as far as how much of your lungs you're using, that's terrifically important. Most people are not using 100%. So, my people who are super fit have sometimes the hardest time. They have to be able to be tight, but also be able to be relaxed. A lot of folks don't know how to do that.
0: Hey folks, welcome back. This is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind podcast. I was super stoked that you're here today. Got a really cool guest. Thank you for showing up. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We are in person here at Unbeatable Mind headquarters in Encinitas, California, where it is sunny and warm. Before we get started, uh, please go rate the podcast at iTunes. And many of you have done that already. Thank you so much. Give us five stars. In fact, just pretend that it starts on the right. So if you click all the way to the right, then you don't have to worry about thinking too much. So just give it five stars. That will we'll pop up. and <laughs> Things will be rosy and everything will be good. All right. So Dr. Belise Vranek. Is that how we say it? Yeah. Vranick.
1: You're in the ballpark. It's good. Close I notes? would respond to that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all
0: right. So I'm going to read the formal intro. This is pretty cool. So Dr. Belise Vranek, you're a well-known or renowned, actually. Whoa. Isn't that cool? Yeah, when people I say know. that about you like you're renowned. <laughs> I am? <laughs> <I'm> like, really? <laughs> Who said? Uh, clinical psychologist, you're an author of a book, new book that's coming out, which I just read, the proof copy. I really, really liked it, called Breathe, the Simple, Revolutionary 14-day Program to Improve Your Mental and Physical Health. You're a public speaker and founder of the Breathing class, which I think we're gonna do a little breathing we're training. We're gonna today, do aren't a little we? breathing, yeah. So you've taught nationwide, actually probably around the world, I would imagine, on topics related to dysfunctional breathing patterns and stress. This is a topic that's near and dear to our heart. We talk all the time about dysfunctional movement patterns and Mm -hmm. extend that to dysfunctional breathing patterns. And breathing is a big part of what we do here at Seal Finanville Mind. So I'm excited to have you here as an expert because we're basically a bunch of experimental hacks, right? (laughs) That's what warriors do. We experiment and we find out what works and what doesn't. So it's nice to have someone here who can validate the path that we've been on. So welcome
1: thank you and you know that even before meeting you today you're in the book am i uh yes you are because um the box breathing of course is fantastic and i recommend it and i mentioned your name so even before having gotten to this beautiful place (laughs) you were already in there so yeah
0: and i think we have a mutual friend in dan Brule. Do you know Dan?
1: Um, his name sounds familiar. Okay, I guess yeah. not. Yeah.
0: You've got to meet Dan. I have to meet so Dan. He's yeah, been yeah. Uh, teaching breath work now for over 40 years. Oh,
1: wow. So
0: he's like the grandmaster.
1: There's some fantastic people out there. Yeah. I, am, I may be renowned and this may be revolutionary, but I'm definitely not the only one. <laughs> no, this um, is evolutionary, not yeah. <laughs> revolutionary,
0: right? The breath has been a. Like, this, it's breath free has been medicine. Been around. <laughs> Yeah, it's been around.
1: There's some great stuff, and this take is a little bit different, though, Mm -hmm. in that I look at baselines. I come from a numbers background. Mm -hmm. I come from a science background, so I like knowing what baseline is. Yeah, you've got those two
0: letters in front of you, D and R, doctor, so that means (laughs) you're (laughs) what I call a third quadrant objective person, so you've got to be able to test and validate. You have to test, but
1: I'm also come from a gym, I'm a gym rat, Mm -hmm. so I like one plate and then work towards two plates, so on and so forth. So um, I come from liking, knowing where I am and seeing where I can get to. So the combination yeah, of those two things. Got it. Well, that. let's
0: back up a little bit. You are a clinical psychologist. How did that come about? Like, how did you get interested in psychology? <sighs> what was your early, like, early your formative years like?
1: So I went to school in North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel. Mm. Even though I was born in Wisconsin, if we're going to okay. go that far back, that <laughs> far back. But psych gave me the flexibility to be able to work in a whole bunch of different places because I'll sort of admit that I do have a little bit vocational ADD. So although I've stayed within the field of psychology, and breathwork is psychology as mm-hmm. well, I liked being able to change and move around and sort of change my focus. So I've worked with every single type of person on the planet you know, violent ex-cons, mothers of multiple children, people with COPD, people with medical problems, people with anxiety disorders, just the gamut of types of people. And having the psych degree actually helped me be able to change and move around and work with all different types of folks in different situations. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose it or it chose me. But the movement to just doing breathing was kind of interesting because I um, never envisioned that I would go from being a clinical psychologist, well, I guess I still am a clinical psychologist, right. but now I only teach breathing. And psych comes into it, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I only teach breathing. I actually don't see people in the clinical practice at all anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: We've, one of the things that um, I've always noticed and have been kind of part of our lexicon is that every breath pattern has an associated emotional pattern. Yeah. And... So if you're really agitated or anxious, your breathing is gonna be, you know, patterned or reflective a certain way. And then you can change your emotions and you can change your physiology and then therefore your psychology by changing your breathing. Exactly. I can, so I can see how you linked from psychology to breathing. So yeah. tell us about that journey. Like what was it about the breath that you, you first noticed how it could be used therapeutically. Okay,
1: so one thing is that, as a psychologist, I was dealing with a lot of people coming in, the most common mental health problem there is are anxiety disorders. Sure. Um, and then comes depression, depressive disorders. So, when you somebody comes into therapy with you, even though I'm considered psychodynamic, which means that I will bring all types of different modalities into the session to get results, to get good results, um, you end up doing a lot of talking. And understanding is overrated if you just stop there. And most people will come in to talk about how they're feeling or their disorder, whatever's going on with them, and once they get to understanding, they stop because they don't know how to go from, oh, now I know I'm dysthymic, I have some PTSD, I have sensitivity to this, that, and the other thing, and they don't actually change it because they don't know how to. They sort of just stop at that point. So the breath, breathing, actually was something I brought into therapy because then it would help people change. So they didn't also just have to say, well, I have an anxiety disorder. I'm going to take medication. Now you may able be able to Uh, lower your medication and do breathing or get off your medication and be perfectly fine Mm -hmm. with just breathing and a whole bunch of other things. But my take was always that you came to see me and you had to make an agreement that you were going to work. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just to come to see me an event. That was just Mm -hmm. not my style. It was you come to see me and you have homework. You have to do volunteer work. You have to journal. Mm -hmm. You have to do some kind of martial art or yoga. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to do something creative so there was just a lot of Very requirements. Very integrative and in
0: its And um, fast. Approach, so
1: like, yeah. let's get this over with so you can keep you know, stop seeing me and go back to life. Mm-hmm. So breathing made sense. I started bringing in breathing when people were depressed or anxious, and they started feeling better a lot faster than mm-hmm. just talking about their anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Go figure.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And so where did you learn... The you know various techniques was it through trial and error were you Uh, no I actually did it very I I was
1: really anal and and very kind of uh, type A about it so once I started getting interested I then went to every class I could find Mm -hmm. I really I read everything I could whether it was in sports in in meditation Mm -hmm. again like martial arts was what it was my go-to. But um, I read and took every class I could, so it didn't matter where the class was. If I was gong baths out in Joshua Tree, I was there. Mm-hmm. If it was you know, biofeedback machines at a pulmonary clinic, I was there. Mm-hmm. So I just did everything I could. I definitely got a little obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to know everything there was so that I could create something that made sense and it was practical and came from the best of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what have you found to be most effective when it comes to applying breath work to healing, let's say, a, um, a, a typical anxiety disorder?
1: You know, that's <laughs> hard to answer in one answer, yeah, sure. but people need to discharge anxiety before they calm down. Mm-hmm. And I think they forget, And I, and it's kind of timely now that we talk about when you're anxious or depressed, what do you do to discharge emotion mm-hmm. just because of what's going on politically? Mm-hmm. So you can't just calm down and you can't just think calming thoughts. Your body needs to have an outlet. Right. So for me...
0: It has to be a somatic process. Yes, you have to move thank the you. energy out of I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. So That's I think
1: we go straight to intellectual and we miss the part of like, I have to let go of this energy and maybe mm-hmm. some adrenaline maybe some mm-hmm. cortisol before i can then process it intellectually and calm down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's two-part if you have anxiety mm-hmm. is discharge the the discharge the energy and then calm down along with the intellectual
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah that's sort of the short answer of a long okay. uh, yeah that uh, makes uh, sense so yeah.
0: you want you get people moving yes. and then breathing yes and then calm enough to process.
1: Yes, you can't go straight to calm. Yeah. Automatically people say, well, oh, I start saying my mantra to myself. Yeah. But your body's still upset. So you know what's beautiful yeah.
0: about that is, and I said, you know, like there's nothing revolutionary about breathing.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I've been a practitioner, a student of yoga now for you know, close to 20 years. And authentic yoga, like all the way back, mm-hmm. Krishmacharya, prior to Krishmacharya, like thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years ago, the process was always move your body, moving with the breath, and then sit with the breath, which is still movement, right? Yeah. There's a lot of a lot going on with the breath. And then sit with some sound, which is still movement, mm-hmm. and then we can sit in silence. And when you sit in silence, that's when you essentially did the depth psychology work, but it was self, usually self-directed or with a, a guru, which would be like our modern-day therapist. Yeah. So that process, you can't shortcut it. You yeah. can integrate a little bit of it, but yeah. ultimately, You got to go from the gross to the subtle. Yes. You know, from the physical to the emotional, to the mental, to the you know, the more and have all those parts. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That's terrific.
1: So, but the interest for me, in part, did come from yoga as well. In that, the first place I went to was my yoga class, and they were doing you know Kapalabhati and Mm -hmm. alternate nostril breathing, and I thought this Mm -hmm. is really cool. I'd Mm -hmm. like more of this. Mm -hmm. So right now, when I do a Recommended reading at the top of the list is prana and Pranayama mm-hmm. because you have to go back as far as who was talking about breathing and who was using the breath, mm-hmm. and it was in it was in martial arts and it was in yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first place, and that's then you can go to sports.
0: Up. Right, exactly. Yeah. So tell me uh, one or two success stories, like
1: oh gosh, there's so many interesting ones for yeah. sure in, in ways that I would never think are possible. So one of them was uh, someone who came to see me. And it was an adolescent. And the mom called me and said, do you teach diaphragmatic breathing? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been looking for a class. However, I keep finding classes that are a little too esoteric, more about experience with breath work. But I need, my daughter needs to learn how to use her diaphragm. She's experiencing a lot of GI problems. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she's been told to use her diaphragm and I don't know how to find someone who knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I said, absolutely, bring her in. So she came in and apart from having some anxiety, she was breathing in a way that was, she actually was not taking in a lot of air and she was not she was not exhaling a lot of air. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are, they have dysfunctional breathing patterns in that they overbreathe. but the newest kind of generation of dysfunctional breath that I'm seeing is um, no-hailers or people that just sip and hover. Mm. So it's not that they're taking too many breaths and gasping for air, which we used to see a lot We're before. We're taking
0: very small yeah. and exhales.
1: So people that just hover, they take tiny breaths in and out, so there's just no air coming in and out no of their movement,
0: body.
1: Right. Or none, no inhalers. And mm. this is sort of epidemic right now, and it's because mm. of computers. We're just breath-holding throughout the day, breath-holding, breath-holding, breath-holding. So when you're not breath-holding, you're trying to catch up. Now, with this particular girl... So, does
0: that happen when someone gets really focused on a task, like coding, you're saying, or playing a video game? Not even
1: coding. It can just be you're checking Facebook. And it's because of the screen being narrow. Yeah. So, if you're in even even driving, think about how much you drive, and you're in front of the computer, or you're handheld. Your vision is completely narrow compared to where it could go. So, and when this follows. happens, what
0: you're suggesting is people just stop inhaling and exhaling, does it typically yeah. do they hold their breath on an inhale or an exhale, or is it always just kind of in inhale. the center? It's always on an inhale. Think about it.
1: Holding your breath on an exhale is hard to do. It's and it's actually, hard to do, yeah, yeah. People don't will not hold their breath on the exhale. They'll hold it on the inhale. It feels more comfortable. So that's why when I work with coaches and I say, don't say inhale, don't say breathe. Say exhale, mm. because at least you'll get two breaths. Right. That. Yeah, like that. So uh, so this little girl came in and she was not breathing. I mean she was nervous and very slight body, because the way your body is set up sort of dictates how you're going to breathe to a certain point. So she was very narrow, very thin, and very anxious. So no breath coming out. Mm-hmm. And when she did breathe, she would breathe with her shoulders. So she would mm. take tiny little breaths, pulling her thoracic cavity up with her shoulders. So you call
0: that vertical breathing in your Vertical
1: work, breathing, right? you, yeah. Where
0: everything goes up, goes when up you're breathing instead of out and expansive. Exactly, as
1: a, exactly, and, that's and ten, using shoulders. It tends
0: to be a shallow upper chest yep. breath.
1: Exactly. Okay, so so w- another thing that happens is that, well, you don't use all of your lungs, so you're only using the little part up here. Yeah. Your neck and shoulders get overused. Right, so all this neck and you shoulder pain. You feel all this anxiety, you yeah. that
0: tension up there. Up
1: there. And, um, and your, your nervous system hears anxiety. It hears mm-hmm. to put you in fight and flight. Right. So you know bottom of the body expanding and contracting in the middle is going to calm you down. It's just going to mm-hmm. be a, a bigger breath anyway, right. because you have denser, more oxygen exchange happening down right, here. Right. So she was breathing these tiny little breaths, but since she's using her shoulders and not expanding, her diaphragm, which is pretty much like this, was completely still, completely still. So mm-hmm. a lot of the acid reflux and everything that was going on was was because she wasn't using her diaphragm. And
0: the diaphragm can be a pump to help detoxify. Exactly. You know, so it actually kind of... Digestion process is affected, right?
1: This is peristalsis. Yeah. And if you're using your diaphragm well, and you got to imagine, this is a muscle that's in the very middle of your body. Mm -hmm. It's enormous. And most of us aren't using it well at all. She wasn't using it at all. And a lot of people, especially if you have acid reflux, Mm -hmm. uh, and your body type is one that's very narrow and you're super thin, you are not going to be expanding and contracting your diaphragm, which leads to back pain and GI problems. Mm. So got her breathing through the middle of her body as well as breathing through the middle of her body, calmed her down. Mm-hmm. So two birds with one stone, and right. that was really nice to see her get calmer, get really confident because she knew that she was supposed uh, and how to...
0: how long did this take, this process?
1: that take, With her, it took a little bit longer than usual, which was about a month. That's some, still
0: that's a very short period of time
1: you know again not, it's for, very not for a young girl It's not that's a I lifetime she had but, homework yeah. and yeah and for when you're 13 a month is just you know and so infinite. she
0: had to practice or yes. do her work mm-hmm. every day so yes. what type of if there was one or two key drills that you had her do what what were they so
1: what she had to do is that is is do practice a horizontal breath, what I call it. Mm, And it's just, it's a lower body breath. So she would, what I do is that I try to get the cue to breathing to stop being shoulders Mm -hmm. and to start being hips. So when you tip forwards, automatically, your body would like to expand, and I'm telling her to let it, Mm -hmm. because usually we just suck it in all the time. But if you tip forwards, sort of like Valsalva, Mm -hmm. and you come away from the back of your seat, you tip forwards, you inhale, and then right. when you tip back, and you can actually press the back of your exhale like that, right. absolutely. So that was to get her to do this, okay. and again, it's not new. I kept telling her, and I say this all the time, is that I'm not teaching you something new. I'm teaching you something you used to do, yeah, right. and your body wants to do it, which is why sometimes you'll start breathing this way, and you'll have this sense of relief. Mm-hmm. that's confusing to a lot of people because they've been sucking it in and bracing right. for 10, 20, 30 years and all of a sudden I'm mm-hmm. saying yeah, let it go, exhale, squeeze you have all this air coming in and out of your body and you automatically feel better. Yeah. So that was the main drill for her was to inhale, expand exhale, belly button towards your spine, inhale, expand right. and then of course do it to a box breath and right. she was golden.
0: You say in the book that we breathe naturally when we're you know, young children, and then we forget how to breathe. Yeah. I'm going to challenge that because Hmm. the problem, the the, the one issue I have with that is when we're three or four or five, Mm -hmm. the musculature of breathing is not developed. Mm -hmm. And so it might be more interesting to think that as the muscles develop, we need to learn how to use them as we develop as humans. And so if you don't, if you're not an athlete or you're not exposed to, people or you know mm-hmm. situations that, that teach you how to breathe yeah. then you never develop the muscles so that's part one and part two and you know this as well as i do that oftentimes early childhood trauma will cause us to like shut down certain yes. emotional things and so then we can get stuck in certain breathing patterns because agains back to the point that exactly. emotions and breath are connected yeah
1: exactly so
0: i think it's true that young kids breathe naturally yep. but be, they don't really have any muscles to breathe
1: yeah Right? This is why implants.
0: everything's relaxed, their belly goes in and yeah. out, it's because it's really relaxed. The yeah. diaphragm is undeveloped, the chest muscles, the intercostal, the shoulders, all undeveloped. Yeah. And so it's just like filling up a balloon, it's very natural.
1: Yeah,
0: It's not like they forget that, it's that all those muscles develop, and then they, they don't learn how to use them in a developed
1: capacity. And they look at their parents, right. which is not, they're probably not We're a good example. Right, so you're right in that I never say babies. I never say babies because mm-hmm. babies just don't have those muscles to be able to hold themselves yeah, up. And, kind of and your beauty. diaphragm is a, a posture muscle as well right. for balance. So I say between the ages of five and ten. Right. Completely agree because people say, Oh, like babies, and I go, No, don't don't use babies you can't as an example. The babies, yeah. No, it can't equate them. But when you so look at a people five do to ten, they
0: say, yeah, look how a baby breathes yeah. before the belly rises and say, Well that's
1: Yeah. They're yeah, it's not, it's not. like comparing quite.
0: apples and oranges. Yeah, in the, in
1: the not quite. But if you look at a 5- to 10-year-old, you'll see a child that actually gets taught or doesn't get discouraged to breathe well. Mm-hmm. And then you've got ones where they start sucking in their guts because they think, you know, like somebody pokes you. Right, yeah. And says, fatty at school, and you squeeze your belly. Or mm-hmm. you're nervous, and you squeeze your belly. You look at your parents, and they're squeezing then you start wearing waistbands, you know, bra straps, mm, and all these things that start happening. And then, you know, it's—I love the developmental. I mean, my psych background comes in here. Is why did this change? Right. And you can pretty much take a person and figure out why it changed. And injuries are huge now, right. especially with kids doing sports the way they mm-hmm. do. If you're eight and you fall off your skateboard or whatever you fall off of and you hurt a rib, you stop breathing here.
0: Interesting. Because it hurts. Because it hurts. Right.
1: It's the same reason a lot of women I see that have had C-sections do not breathe horizontally and they'll get stuck breathing up here with shallow breaths because this hurts. Right. So there's a whole bunch of different reasons, and, mm-hmm. and they're fascinating when you start looking at it all together. It's almost like with all those things going on.
0: How could you it's possibly expect <laughs> yeah. to breathe well, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And athletics typically is a fantastic way to learn how to use your full lung capacity, and to especially like the martial arts and oh. and some of those things. But they're not as common, you know, these yeah. days, right? The PE has been taken out of the school. So, so yeah. uh, places where younger adults would get exposed to either coaching or modeling or just yeah. needing to learn how to develop the musculature breathing are The gone. two
1: best sports are um, wrestling and swimming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I was a competitive yeah. swimmer, Yeah. And so, and you have to do breath control training to <laughs> swim, do. right? You do, know?
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the worst. There's like golf and Pilates, unfortunately. Pilates, which is a shame because Joseph Pilates was, was big into breathing, but Pilates does not help with breathing right now, not the way we're doing Interesting. it, and okay. golfers are terrible breathers. Interesting. Absolutely right? terrible, yeah.
0: I wonder yeah. if you studied world-class golfers, if I they have yeah. a good... So they breathe no, well? they're
1: terrible. Yeah, they're absolutely terrible. Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you the reasons is that um, the culture of golf is is one that is not of a lot of emotion. At mm-hmm. least not showing a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And you'll actually, if you actually grunt or or breathe heavy when you're playing golf, you'll actually get looked at to be quiet. It's a quiet sport. Mm. I mean, every once in a while, someone will, you
0: know, so throw. Doing a big Ki when I swing my golf club, The is i frowned upon? Right? Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you might get further, right? Because right, you know of course, the movement yeah. with the breath, the you're exhale. definitely going to
0: get further. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So breathing has many physical benefits, but there's also the psychological and the emotional and even, you know, the spiritual. Yeah. We say the breath is the link between the body and the mind and then, you know, the deeper recesses of your being. Let's talk about some scientific validation or medical community validation on the physical benefits of learning to breathe diaphragmatically, what you call horizontal breathing, and getting full oxygen load in. So, one of the things that's really interesting to me is toxicity. Mm -hmm. Because I've had some confusion and some back and forth with experts on this about, Carbon dioxide buildup and you know whether that's even affected by the breathing process, because it's really about gas transfer that happens yeah. in the blood, right? Yeah. And so there's it's confusing to me about how that works. So what does the medical community okay. say about the physical benefits of breathing well?
1: Okay, so sure a few those are a few points. questions. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, well, you can't control how much oxygen your blood cells picks up, so right. that exchange you have no, no control over. So, so, for instance, your VO two max. You're not going to. You have can't control
0: time. it in a moment, but over no. over a long period of time.
1: What you can control is how much of your lungs you use, where you breathe from, and your breathing muscles. Mm-hmm. And in general, when you talk about breathing, breathing, people show two lungs. When the fact is, like, yes, the lungs are the receptacles, but your breathing, your actual breathing, happens because of muscles around, them, mm-hmm. which are yeah, the kind lungs of don't expand no. and
0: contract themselves. No, they just yeah. kind of
1: hang out there. But um, so it's the intercostals, which you mentioned your diaphragm, which, again, is this enormous muscle, your obliques, all the muscles around your abs, and even your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So those are the muscles that are responsible for breathing, and we never talk about them. So with those, there's a lot of research in sports about how breathing muscle training helps your can't say endurance endurance and cardio because cardio is your heart, but it definitely helps you not gas, it helps you mm-hmm. be able to do things longer because your muscles you, don't get your weak. muscles
0: are yeah, they're strong, but you're also getting more oxygen into your system. Yes. Isn't that true? Yes. So that's gonna have an effect. If you're taking a half a yes, half a breath of air or yes. half a lungful, you're just not getting as much fuel.
1: You're not and you have to breathe faster. So right. that's so where, your where the lens
0: is. is. So you get seventeen to twenty breaths per minute. Yes. A typical person. Yes. But and, when you're
1: sports, you're like fifty to eighty.
0: Yeah, when you're in training, yes, yeah.
1: And think about that. That's if you're crazy. doing this 80 times, so that's where it gets really interesting. So it's you're like tiring out
0: to. your breathing muscles. You're
1: tiring out your breathing muscles, and this takes up more energy than this does. Mm-hmm. So the.
0: This the being the vertical, that, and yeah, this being, being the horizontal. horizontal. Yeah, for those so, who aren't watching.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, when you take a lower body breath, a horizontal breath, it's worth five on top. So think about it, if you're, whatever you're doing... In terms of
0: volume of air? In
1: terms of volume, right? it's really fascinating. And calming yourself down, which you want to do. So yeah, as as far as how much of your lungs you're using, that's terrifically important. Most people are not using 100%. So one of the things I do is I use what's called the BIC. It's the Breathing IQ. Mm -hmm. And I measure your oxygenation, I measure your pH, I do some spirometry measurements on you, so your lung capacity and your lung velocity... And those are terrifically important, spirometry. and you can train them. That
0: sounds really fancy. Yeah,
1: doesn't it? I've got yeah. my little spirometry thing here too. Yeah. So, yeah, but you can train those. So, whatever you're doing with your lungs and with your breathing muscles, whatever your baseline is, you can, you know, absolutely go over that, get great at it by training yourself. You can actually train your breathing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that
1: we don't do it. So, oxygen. I mean, there's tons of research. One of my favorite quotes is um, Dr. Arthur Guyton, and he sort of. The father of modern medicine, and he summarized it all. He wrote, "It's the medical book, one of the medical books that all medical students have to buy." Mm -hmm. It's just, and uh, he says that if you look at any emotional suffering or physical pain under a microscope, you're always going to find lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. So whether that's panic attacks or cancer Mm. under a microscope, there's always gonna be lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean that you should go running and get 100% oxygen and go breathing that in all the time, that's dangerous, Mm -hmm. but you need a balance. Your inhale has to be good, your exhale has to be good. You have to be getting a lot of air in and you have to definitely be pushing out a lot of air, which we're super lazy exhalers. Mm
0: -hmm. In general,
1: people don't exhale, they just let go. Mm -hmm. You need to really exhale to be able to get a good inhale.
0: Right. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the Neurohacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect which would make me feel agitated like caffeine or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one. You won't be disappointed with qualia. So the physical benefits is more oxygen gives more health mm-hmm. or a lex- less toxic or less unhealthy yes. environment, Perfect. which yeah. is going to lead to or lead us away from, I should say, the long-term degenerative diseases which are gonna build up from a lack of oxygen or exactly. a toxic environment, which are almost saying the same thing, Yes. right? So like, yes. how does uh, oxygen level and acidity play together? Okay, so
1: one of my, and it's one of the reasons I take these is oxygen is gonna affect inflammation, mm-hmm. um, everything from inflammation, to autoimmune disorders, uh, acidity to your adrenal glands. So if your acidity is out of balance, mm-hmm. you're either too alkaline because you can be, or you're too acidic, your adrenal glands are gonna be working overtime Mm -hmm. to try to get you in the middle. So if you're not breathing well because middle is a
0: balanced pH, what, seven point one or something
1: like that? So normal is supposedly from six point five to seven, but optimal is seven point seven point zero to seven point four approximately. Okay. Um, and you'll see people way on either sides of things. Mm. Too alkaline is not good. So you want to be you want to be right in the middle in the yeah. early sevens.
0: That's interesting. A lot of people these days, especially with the high pH water, think that it's okay to be alkaline.
1: No, you yeah. definitely do not want to be. Right. When you, they they lick the acidity strips and it's gr- dark green or black, mm. no, not good. You want to be right in the middle. So your adrenals are working overtime to try to bring you back into the middle because mm. it's a toxic environment, your mm-hmm. body. And there's two ways that you can change that. You have metabolic acidity, and you have or pH. And you have a respiratory, mm. so you have to look at what you're eating and how you're breathing. Mm-hmm. I'll get people in who just eat amazingly; they just eat super clean all the time, but they're really acidic. And then I look at their breathing, and they're my nohalers. Mm-hmm. they're my breath holders. So once so they're you not get their getting
0: the oxygen in, which is not leading in and to out, an acidic the acidity. environment.
1: So what happens with that too is they so adrenal to, fatigue.
0: Sorry, yeah, to keep that thought. So if you breathe too much, then yes. it's going to lead to an alkaline environment.
1: So what happens is that you're an over-breather. So it's literally when you're too alkaline, is that you're taking a breath, you're not exhaling. So not do exhaling. you find
0: athletes to be more alkaline generally?
1: Um, if they're
0: overbreathing, like if they're that? over,
1: it's that they're not exhaling. So they'll take a breath, but not exhale completely. <laughs> then take another one, then mm-hmm. take another one, and you can do this right now. So we take a like big Lead to like hypoxia,
0: inhale. or I mean.
1: You know, it, it, everything gets unbalanced, and you get um, you get tingly yeah. and all sorts of things if it's to that extreme. Mm-hmm. But you know, your body's super resilient; it will keep you in a half-assed, mediocre state for a very long time yeah, yeah. before it complains. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. You're gonna you're gonna do a oh, quick so, test yeah. on me. Oh, so
1: So it's to see if you're an overbreather. Is that you'll check this? Is that you'll go take a big inhale, good, and then exhale out just a tiny bit. Uh, inhale again. Now exhale a tiny bit. Tiny bit, inhale again. So you have this constant feeling of, I'm not getting enough air. So that person will say, I'm not getting enough air. I have this feeling of air hunger. And it's, yeah, go ahead and exhale.
0: <laughs> I got too much yeah, air.
1: Too much air. So they constant, And it's because they're never exhaling. So do that again. Inhale, exhale a little bit, a little bit. Inhale again, exhale a little bit. But now really exhale, and exhale flattening out your whole body. So exhale. Look how much air you had left. Oh my gosh, I had all that stale air in my body. Yeah, you can inhale.
0: <laughs> Still going? Is the,
1: yeah. Is you, look how much more you can get out. So your overbreathers will really need to focus on your exhale. Yeah. Most often, your overbreathers can be very heavy, so that their right. diaphragm is stretched out and they are stuck in an inhale. So the exhale is really tough, because you have to bring all this massive kind of pull, body Yeah, back. and
0: it's the stomach muscles that are the muscles of the exhale, mm-hmm. mostly, because you've exactly. got to really depress them exactly. and tuck them in, yeah. and the image that I use is to try to touch your belly bone to your spine. To your spine, yeah. Exactly, and then lift there. from the perineal floor, mm-hmm. or the perineum. Uh-huh. Perineal floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's always there. It's you perennial.
1: <laughs> it's a good club.
0: <laughs> it's a great. It's a great dance club. You want to club. talk
1: about Pellet Floor right now? Pellet floor you do. <laughs> dance
0: club. We're going there. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So developing the muscles so that you can exhale and follow it all the way through. Yeah.
1: So we actually have um, an exercise which comes from yoga mm-hmm. in developing your exhale. It's going to be really fun The breath of you. fire
0: does that, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So or the skull cleaning breath skull cleaning i love yeah, that vision so that one is that and we can actually do a little bit of that exactly that's a, that's a beautiful yeah so it's uh, kapalabhati in it's not yoga so to can
0: add to my resume i have a beautiful kapalabhati yeah
1: breath. put that under put that under other <laughs> other skills
0: thank you very other much other
1: skills so in general that's your exhale muscles so it's interesting because you can get so let's describe this
0: for again for sure. those who are just listening and not watching on.
1: Sure. It's I call it a candle breath because it's a lot like blowing out a row of candles. It's a big birthday, okay? Mm-hmm. So you've got candles all the way out in the distance, and you're blowing out a bunch of them. Okay. So and with each breath, like you said, your belly button's going closer to your spine. So you have to make sure that's happening, um, okay. that you're not that you're not exhaling and bearing down. You're gonna exhale, and your belly button's gonna get closer to your spine.
0: Bearing down how, you mean?
1: So you don't wanna go, so this I'll actually do it. A lot of people will go exhale, and they'll bear down on their bellies. I, see, like I actually, yeah. You actually hmm. want to squeeze your belly at the same time. Right. Now, when you first start doing this, it's gonna feel like two things happening at the same time. That's okay. You're actually, it is two things, but you're trying to put them together. It'll feel natural later. So you're going to exhale, <laughs> blow off into the distance. I do this through your mouth. Beautiful, yeah. So you let go, air comes in, and you just focus on the squeeze of the exhale. So you've got a lot of candles, you're going to go. And when you get to 35, you stop, of course, because that's.
0: And I think the key there is also a lot of people have, they they put so much energy and tension into just squeezing their tummy yes. in that then it becomes hard for them to learn how to relax. And if relax, generally pulls the breath in, yeah. and then you can
1: exactly. pop it in and press. Well, they think that relax is exhale. So here's right. the myth that's just screwing relax all of us up. Exhale, relax right. is not exhale. Relax is not exhale. But yeah. we keep thinking relax that...
0: Relax is inhale. Relax is inhale. It's, it's counterintuitive. Completely
1: right. counterintuitive. And once you start listening now, you'll see So when you think,
0: as you're listening to this, think about, like, Buddha, belly. When Buddha's sitting in, like, his pose and (laughs) he's got that nice belly, right, that's the inhale.
1: That's the inhale. That's a beautiful visual. I love that.
0: And then the yogi with his belly tucked in is the exhale. exhale.
1: Yeah, so with your belly flat, big inhale Mm. and exhale. Amazing. So I have some people with incredible, incredible physiques and endurance They'll start doing this breath, and it, because it is using muscles that are way deep on the inside, will get sore.
0: Mm, I'm sure. So yeah, it's it's
1: fascinating. So people say, "Oh, it's just breathing," I say, "Okay, it's just breathing, really." You tell me tomorrow how your back feels and how mm-hmm. your core feels.
0: Now, yeah. this this breath of fire, um, generally, we try to do one hundred and eight in uh-huh. three sets. Yeah, you know, I think it's like fifty-four, and then twenty-eight. And mm-hmm. then, I forget, maybe twelve or something like that. That doesn't add up to 108, does it? But whatever it is. It
1: sounded good. You see me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, like, that sounds good. Mathematics is not our <laughs> strength. <laughs> no, it's point, not our strength. Yeah. But anyways, but my point is, <laughs> it, it, you
0: get you get really tired by the time you're done. You're yeah. like, I can't do this any longer. So we
1: do it um, when I when I teach it, I do it till exhaustion. So we see where are you? And I've got an average number. I've got an average for um, athletes, and I have uh, a record. Mm. So, again, because I'm obsessed with numbers, again, is that you do it and you see where do you stop. And some people stop at so 20. Baseline. Yeah. yeah. Some people stop at 20. Some people will go much higher. But you have to catch yourself because what happens is that you'll squeeze a bunch of times and then your belly won't want to anymore because it's mm-hmm. tired. So you won't do mm-hmm. that next rep. You're done at that point. That's mm-hmm. your number. No judgment. Mm-hmm. That's your number. The other thing that'll happen is that you'll keep blowing. <laughs> but then your belly's not moving. And it's not a lip exercise, right. so you have to do both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you could
0: just blow out of your throat, literally. Exactly. You your... can just do this. Right.
1: So, And That's again, me. what's nice for, for a, an exercise is to do a series of, say, 25 or 50 exhale pulsations. Do the box breath with that tipping forwards and mm-hmm. back, and you're golden. Mm-hmm. That's great for road rage. Right. It's great for waking you up. It's great for you know helping you with irritability because that's the basis of it is purging mm-hmm. irritability mm-hmm. but it's a nice reset button that you can do in 2 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's a nice spot yeah. drill. Okay, so we'll do that spot drill afterwards, Jeff. The candle breath. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, I want to come back to carbon dioxide and oxygen balance, Great. which affects acidity, right? Yes. So, acidity in the blood is really gonna be about it too much carbon dioxide or too exactly. much oxygen, right? Yes. And I wanna relate it to the uh, Russian Buteko guy, uh-huh. right? Because yeah. Buteyko, you know, used the breath and there's like hundreds of thousands of people who said that his breath has cured them of asthma and mm-hmm. emphysema and obviously the psychological stuff, but mostly physical because and he claims that because they were acidic, mm-hmm. and he got them to slow their breathing down and mm-hmm. to lengthen it out and to change the acidity of their blood, and I, I like ha, this is where I got a little confused. I actually got challenged on that, and there is some people who say that that that's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so, what's you, what saith you?
1: So the is fascinating again. You have to remember that it came about in the forties and fifties, mm-hmm. and the the their N the group. Was unhealthy, overweight Russians. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of people who are not exhaling. Right. So the focus with a lot of it is. They were no
0: halers or they're just not exhaling?
1: They were not yeah. exhaling. So you think of being a little bit heavier. Yeah. So you're having people who are not exhaling. He's just
0: inhaling long enough to sip your body. To sip
1: your, yeah, yeah. your slovets sliv- sliv- <laughs> sliv- and keep uh, <laughs> going. <Stop> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's do not fair with all my Russian friends. Yeah, no, no. But they're probably nodding and going, that's and fine. Smoking,
1: right. yeah. and then you breathe, and then you smoke. And no. So um, so the focus was on the exhale, because people were not exhaling well. And still, mm-hmm. now we don't exhale, but we actually don't inhale either, yeah, so, so I it's think a little bit different. I
0: think primary method was just to, to slow the exhale, exhale down. Slow the do like two the to exhale. three times as long.
1: Exactly. Exactly. There
0: is an, a very ancient breath that's actually inscribed on the great pyramid of egypt called the mother's breath
1: mm-hmm.
0: which has it's a one to two ratio yeah so it's an inhale to like an eight count
1: uh, uh. so now i want you to go yeah there And we then go. exhale to a 16
0: count yeah which is essentially what buteyko was doing to some so degree lengthening
1: to some degree yeah lengthening so, the exhale. so you want to lengthen the exhale and there's a physiological basis to this is that your vagus nerve you, there's four things you can do to get your vagus nerve to hear that you're calm, mm-hmm. all right? So one thing is to uh, make it a lower body breath. Right, okay? diaphragm,
0: stimulating the nerves. Diaphragm, like,
1: yeah, exactly. Lower. To hum on the exhale, right. to extend the exhale, so right. make sure your exhale is longer. Right. And then the fourth thing, which doesn't really help us, is to make sure your hands and your face are cold. That actually helps the vagus nerve. I've got a in. fifth one. you got a fifth one? It's oh, a nice. giggle. You giggle? Yeah, I love that. It I love that. <laughs> it? Well, it jump-starts everything. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs>
0: laughing hum yoga. And giggle. Yeah, hum yeah hum yoga. Yoga. laughing
1: and giggle. yoga. So um, it makes perfect sense that exhaling out and exhaling out long is good for you right. in every way. With the buteco at that particular time, it, what it doesn't bring into consideration, and it, it shouldn't, bring into consideration because this has happened you know, in the last 10 years is that people are not breathing because they're bracing so you've got your intermittent breath holders are not just it's rampant right now people are breath holding all over and people are hovering they're not mm-hmm. taking in and out air and i had to laugh the other day because i'm i'm at the gym and corsets with fitness girls have gotten to be like you'll go to the gym now I go to gold's in, in venice and corsets have gotten to be like the thing you wear at the gym so really? waist
0: trainers, course, and oh, I thought you meant like core sets. Like we're going to do four no. sets of <laughs> exercise I on the core. I got to remember who I'm talking to, right? <laughs> core <Corsets>.
1: sets. <laughs> no, actually, like physical like waist corset. trainers, corset. Yeah. So, so they've gotten kind of to be fashionable lately. Really? These waist trainers. Yeah, so the Kardashians with their tiny waist. Those are waist trainers. So people, if you're wearing compression garments, like. You know, I can't say which compression garments, but compression garments. They're Wait, squeezing what do you, mean you
0: waist like waist
1: trainers? So does it do any
0: training, or is it just holding it on? No,
1: in? it's not a waist trainer. It's not training anything. It's just, it's just tricking, squeezing the middle of you. your body. Yeah, yeah. it makes you look good from the outside, but then you can't breathe. That's
0: got to be so uncomfortable.
1: So you're, the only place you have left is up here by your shoulders. So you're taking in teeny amounts of air and exhaling out teeny amounts of air. So you know it's kind of fascinating but the but the these corsets these like multicolored corsets people are wearing them at the gym now you know it's, mm. yes it supports your back but learn to do valsalva well that'll protect your back as well absolutely yeah
0: fascinating so by slowing our breath down yes by diaphragmatic breathing or horizontal breathing yep. and by What was the third one? So lengthening the exhale. That's the same as slowing the breath down. Slowing the breath down.
1: The humming helps. Oh, humming, yeah. It's like the bee. uh, The bee breath, yeah. The bee breath. The bee breath. And again, like you just motion to your nose, so I'm going to talk about nose breathing, is that in general, you should be breathing through your nose. That's right. You should be breathing both in and out through your nose. One of the problems is that we've gotten to be really lazy breathers Mm. and also, you know, we've deviated symptoms and right. allergies and things. So we go to mouth breathing and that wreaks havoc on your body. Right. mouth If you mouth breathe, if you know anyone who mouth breathes, just
0: go yeah, and mouth, fix in it. In fact, mouth breathing actually has kind of a derogatory. It does actually, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah, now SealFit uh, sister program, we train people to breathe through the nose. And the only time it's okay to breathe through your mouth is on mm, exhale, yeah. which has a calming effect yeah. for recovery. And if they're in extremis, like in a CrossFit workout, exactly. where you just literally can't get enough because the Perfect. nostrils yes. lengthen and slow the breath down because yes. it splits it into two.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs> splits it into
0: two two holes, right? Yep. Now you gotta get the same volume um, in through two holes. Yep. And they also have to tra- the air has to travel longer distance. Yes. And it's get there's things happening to it, yeah. right? There's yeah. the, the filly in there. Well <laughs> <Little> filly <laughs> is warming it up or cooling it down and cleaning it out. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff happening. And it's stimulating, you know, our naddies, our energy systems. Mm-hmm. And it's the nitrous oxide is yes, stimulated exactly. when you breathe through your nose, exactly. but not through your mouth.
1: Yeah, and it cools your brain and through it, your nose. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it, like you said, if you're in an extreme so situation, like
0: me, it's really important go through your nose. Through your nose.
1: But through your mouth, if you, I mean, I always have people asking, "What if I'm doing, you know, intervals or something?" I just go in and out through your mouth. Just because right. you want to get air in and out of your body. If you're trying to calm down, as try soon to as you
0: can, though, go back to the nose. Yes, as breathing. soon as right. you can. So you put the kettlebell down.
1: Yeah. One take or one two. or two more
0: and then go back That's to the it. nose, exit the exactly. mouth, and then pretty soon you're back in balance and you can hit it again. Exactly.
1: Because the worst thing you can do, and you see this all the time, is hold your breath. Right. You see people holding their breath all over and then they're getting dizzy, they're not getting enough oxygen. Or they're, in the movement, they're doing it, and this is you love this stuff too, which mm-hmm. is why it's so great to be here. Is that in the movement, the breath isn't synchronized, or it's completely irrelevant with the movement. Right. So with
0: no awareness. Yeah. You know,
1: you the, the, have the to. The get next trip.
0: generation of exercise is to bring breath awareness that exists in somatic practices like qigong, tai chi, yoga. Mm-hmm. Into training. This has been what, in fact, this new program. I'm going to pitch it right here. Seal Fit Bootcamp. Nice. We just finished filming our first.
1: Do I got a t-shirt? Because I sure, wanna know. I'll wear that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll I'll, you I'll totally wear your t-shirt. It's a new
0: program. Think about like CrossFit without barbells, where yeah. people are going to get injured. So no yeah. injury.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, high intensity interval with strength and stamina development, where every workout has box breathing, some beautiful. some somatic movement before and after, beautiful, and we cue people throughout. To be breathing properly, you got a little I got goosebumps. goosebumps, and to no, be managing the yeah. their mental state, so feeding the Courage Wolf, and to vi- visualizing them healthy yeah. and successful. So nice. So it's going um, to be a ready, this is how revolutionary, <laughs> revolutionary program. <laughs>
1: revolutionary. You're saying like, you're saying... And it's hardcore fitness,
0: too, but it's yeah. accessible for anybody. yeah, you know, and beginners, all the way to... to yeah. It, so the
1: hardcore fitness and having the breath involved is yeah, like... Integrating golden.
0: yoga into exercise, really. Beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Beautiful. That's where it needs to go. Yeah. So back to um, different breathing practices. We we're talking about nostril breathing now. In my opinion, just cueing people to nostril breathe or teaching people to nostril breathe is the simplest way to get them to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, it does slow the breath down. Mm-hmm. It does, when you nausea breathe, you're much more naturally inclined to horizontal breathe.
1: You know what, the, the vertical breath is so ingrained in us at this yeah. point that it is really tough to have someone do it without having either read about you, let it or... Me, let,
0: me, let me back into this. Sure. One. Is there any scenario where you're, you would teach horizontal breathing through the mouth?
1: I teach it, when I teach it, I, I actually teach it through the mouth. Off. You do, okay. Because... When you're learning right in the beginning, when, if it's completely new to you, and I have people sort of look blank or panicked when they start learning, mm-hmm. what, you mean I'm supposed to expand in my middle and then contract? I actually do make them breathe through the mouth because they're more conscious of it. I see. So they'll actually pay more attention through the mouth. So when
0: someone has a very dysfunctional yes. breathing.
1: When they're paradoxical, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, set up then. Through the mouth just through them on. Yeah. interesting and, and they can they feel switch. it they can yeah they're going to yeah. get the volume in right away so it's less subtle
1: So right now what we're experiencing on. is is a lot of diaphragm paralysis So you can tell someone now, um, breathe by expanding your belly. And the belly breath is really, it's a 101 breath. You really do not want to be pushing your belly out, you know, and even for a split second looking a little chunky, you really don't want to be doing that. People don't want to do that. But that's just to get your body used to the idea that there's movement in the middle of your body. The advanced breath is really 360 degrees around all the way around. So your sides open up, your back opens up. All these things open up for the first breath, just to start learning. Is that tip forward,
0: yeah, let just, my belly go? Belly but out. your
1: diaphragm. What we're finding is a lot of people's diaphragms are paralyzed, are partially paralyzed. Mm. And so you need to actually work to be able to expand them.
0: Paralyzed from inaction, not due yes. to damage or anything. Yes, like
1: it's that. it's you know paralyzed is such a harsh word, but um, they're just completely atrophied, inactivated, maybe, yeah. atrophied, inactivated. But yeah. they're they're incredibly rigid. Right. So you'll do a belly breath, but you really need to do. You have to be manipulated. You have to do stretching to get your diaphragm to actually. It wants to stretch, but it's been, you know, squeezed by, you know, especially with women, by your bra, Mm -hmm. by you sucking in your gut, by your thinking that being really stiff is good posture for 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, of course, like when you're finally allowed to take a breath and use your diaphragm, it takes a little while to get there. Right. Yeah.
0: Interesting. It It just dawned on me that the population that I work with are largely athletic Healthy, mm-hmm. and so we're using these principles to go from good to great. Yeah, and you're yeah. you're working with you know people who have some sort of pathological dysfunction with the breath. And
1: Although I have to tell you, my super healthy folks mm-hmm. um, have uh, muscular corsets. Interesting. So some of the some of the most constricted diaphragms are athletic folks, which is bizarre. But it's true.
0: Do you see yeah. it any particular type of athlete, like an, an endurance athlete or um a, well or you know what? Bodybuilder.
1: Body so I just worked and she has no problem with you, telling her uh, of Juliana Malcarne, who's mm. Olympia, she's Miss Physique, she's three years in a row. Um, fantastic, amazing little body, just like phenomenal, you can imagine. Um, but getting her to expand in the middle was completely, first of all, to her couldn't even conceive of it, Mm. right? Because she's been working all this time to actually make her waist as narrow as possible. Mm -hmm. So getting her to expand, we had, first of all, we had all the muscles holding her back. So there was, even if I could get her lungs to be full, everything around her body was holding her to be able to breathe, squeeze together. Mm -hmm. So my people who are super fit as far as being muscular in the middle have sometimes the hardest time because they have to stretch a lot and they have to, be able to be tight, but also be able to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mm-hmm. folks don't know how to do that.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. So tell us about your breath course. Like if I were to, is it a weekend? Or how long is your It's a three, three hour
1: um, intensive workshop. Oh, just three hours? Yeah, so workshop, three hours. Right? It's sort of like when I was doing therapy, it's like, let me come in, get a baseline on yourself. So actually you come in and you get a grade. You get graded, mm-hmm. the beginning of class, then the end of class. We talk a lot about anatomy, a lot about psychology, and then go straight into the exercises. Okay. So people leave with, you know, here are the exercises I need to do. Here's my specific and problem. let's just
0: run down. Let's just name the exercises. Yeah. So a- okay,
1: so you do um, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. There's diaphragm extensions mm-hmm. to get your diaphragm going. Um, there's exhale pulsations. We do intercostal stretches. I'm a big believer of stretching on the inhale, not on mm-hmm. the exhale, how mm-hmm. most people do. Um, spinal twists are huge. To do this, we do what's called exhale pulsations on retention for my advanced folks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And those, those doing enough of them and making sure that your posture and that you're doing them correctly is kind of interesting. And then we do pattern breathing. So once you know how to breathe through the lower part of your body, then you can do the different patterns. So obviously, the box breathing, I like the tactical breath, the 4462 mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The exhale pulsations as well, mm-hmm. and then we do a meditation, which is called meditation for people that can't meditate, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks that can't and mm-hmm. you know would like to. Mm-hmm. So that's a breath that's more of a holotropic trance breath, mm-hmm. where you take two parts of a breath and then exhale all the way out, and you do it hard. Mm-hmm. When I work with folks that kind of bristle at the idea of it being a trancey meditative How do you fit state, fit all
0: this into three hours. It's
1: way. I'm exhausted.
0: That's crazy. I gotta tell
1: you, I probably should break it up better, yeah. but I'm exhausted at the end. Weird. But I love seeing the results. I love seeing people leave and they they have everything they need to do.
0: Yeah, I would and think you got need it. a whole day to do this. Well. I
1: probably should. I probably <laughs> should do it in a smarter way. <laughs> so I'm gonna <laughs> no, think I'm about that. I'm always
0: jiggering how we teach <laughs> yeah. our stuff too. So. No, I, I started out with 30 days of training yeah. oh with my Superfit Academy, and we yeah. finally got it down to where we could deliver. In three days.
1: i got to do the opposite. I, gotta, I should probably oh, no. expand and take some breaks and drink some water and go to the right. bathroom. Right? And
0: then start certifying people to help you. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'd love to do that. We should have you down here.
1: I'd love to come down. Own, yeah, I'll, I would just want a T-shirt. I'll, for a T-shirt, I will come down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff.
0: So how do people... So the book is due out when?
1: Um, so, so it's on pre-order now, and okay. it's out uh, the end of December, December 27th. So it's sort of a new year, new you book.
0: Breathe, yeah. just a the title. Just go. breathe, Doctor Belis. How do I say it? Vranich. Vranich. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing silent. There's
1: nothing silent, and uh, it's super. It's sort of.
0: I, th- I wrote you a little quote too. Is, it one you of, did. is that going to make it on awesome here quote. somewhere?
1: Yes, it's in there. It's not in that version because that's a little bit before your quote. And I thank you for your quote. You're welcome. It's excellent. Yeah. But uh, it's super practical. It's an easy read. I don't spend half the book telling you why you should buy the book. Mm-hmm. I kind of start right away yeah, you, because you that's right why I, I like. Which is kind of yeah. Nice. And I, I write yeah, You so get right like,
0: into telling how messed up we all are physically and no, breathing No, it's,
1: yeah, it's, I do that in the first chapter, and then it's, let's fix this.
0: Right. So it's a nice Excellent. practical book. Well, good yeah. luck with the book. It's going to be very successful, and uh, we'd love to have you here to do some love to. in-person training. Love to. And uh, you have a website or Facebook yeah, page? Yeah, The Breathing or?
1: Class. Obviously, yes. marketing and finding new names is not my strength. It's mm-hmm. just The Breathing Class, because that's what it is. The Breathing Dr. Class. Dot com. Yeah, Breathing Class.com. Mm-hmm. I think all my handles and media is all the breathing class or Dr. Belisa. Okay. It. Breathe. It's
0: mm-hmm. what it
1: is. Yeah. It
0: is what it is. Absolutely. Hoo yah. Thank you. You want to do some training?
1: Uh, let's do some training. All yeah. Right.
0: All right, folks. You heard it from Dr. Benice. Um Dr. Belisa. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> Ballpark is good for me. It's you heard okay.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Belisa, thank you so much for thank your you. time here. Thank you awesome so work. much. Yeah? Yeah. I look forward to doing some work with you. And for all of you out there, just breathe horizontally. Horizontally,
1: if you do, yeah.
0: Stop (laughs) breathing vertically. (laughs) Don't be a no breather. Don't be a mouth breather. We heard a lot of don'ts today. Just (laughs) breathe. Just breathe. (laughs) See what happens. It's amazing what can happen.
1: Good stuff. All right.
0: Train hard. Stay safe. Hoo ya. See you next time.
1: Time to explode, boys, make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the U.D.T. <laughs>